Blog Talk Radio. Tennis, Mr. Chuck Greasy. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to get in the game. And good morning once again. This is Coach Chuck Creasy. Now in our fifth year of American tennis, and thanks all you listeners who have been with us that long. And uh, welcome to those of you who might be joining American Tennis every Wednesday at noon on the Yellow Ball Network. Also, Jason Haynes, you are Tennis Network. Thank you, Jason, for all your work that you have put in over so many months and uh, Yellow Ball Network for now picking this up. Folks, my website is uh, www.chuckcreasy.com. Net, dot net dot net now, and uh, you can keep up pretty much with all the programs that we have had and some of my writings, my camps, books, and other things too. But welcome to American Tennis, and every week you know that I say what needs to be said, and hopefully I can hit it on the mark. And, uh, you know, somebody gave me a compliment uh, a week ago or so. They said, you're saying the things that I'm thinking, but I'm a little bit nervous about saying But I'd remind you, Edmund Burke's quote, that all that it takes for evil to prosper is for good men, good women to do nothing. All of us need to stand up, speak out. Always, I say, address issues, not people, and no one can find fault. Folks, I've been speaking out for five years now, and, well, my whole life I've been speaking out, but that's the biggest thing. If you address issues, not people, you're in there. And nobody can find fault. This is your opinion. And happy 4th of July. This is the home of the free, the land of the brave. And dang, are the home of the brave and the land of the free. I got it backwards. <laughs> but we are brave and we are free. And we're supposed to be brave. Stand up, speak out. And and I am on a tight schedule today or a program today. I said, let's make an expressway, not a pathway. And I am uh, so very fortunate that into my uh, office this morning walked a dear friend who all I can say is he started out in the coaching business, to playing the coaching business, and we became instant friends, and then we worked together, 
and then he went on to coach uh, two different colleges, and then he went into the banking business and now the investment business. Now he runs his own company, and he uh, is doing fantastic things around the world. I don't have time to go into everything that he has because he's got to be on a phone call here in a few minutes from uh, somebody trying to invest in his company from Australia. So we've only got him for a minute, and I'm going to get him on here the first part of the show and keep him on as long as he can, but he might have to run. His name name is Sam Srivastava, and uh, Coach Sam, I have always called you, but much more than that. Welcome to our program, and our our, our program today is making making tennis a expressway in the United States and not just a pathway. And I I wanted you to share with me or share with our listeners. The analogy, the beautiful, beautiful metaphor that you have used this morning to me to explain how and why we don't stand up and speak out and what is happening with the pollution, really, of our thinking in this country and, and what what and it all ties together with the tennis. But welcome to our program, and uh, I if you got to run, you got to run. I'll fill in, but welcome to the program, Chuck. Good afternoon, and thank you, and good afternoon to all the, all your listeners. Um, it's an honor to, uh, to be back on your show again here, and uh, glad to always see you in person. So it's a simple concept that I've been thinking uh, for the last several, uh, several months. Uh, as I, uh, you know, having been through a lot of battles myself, be it as a collegiate tennis coach, be it as a uh, corporate America employee, or be an entrepreneur of my own now, is I look around the world and I am always a constant student of what's the reality around me. And when I look around, I say, I can boil things down to two very simple concepts, hardware and software. So let me explain to you what I mean by that. Hardware to me means that if I meet somebody who's a 5'10 white male or a 6'2 black male or female, that's what I see at first. I see the hardware first. The outside. The outside, right? The software to me is really the key differentiator for us to be at peace with who we are, for us to be successful at what we do, and for us to really give back to society. So software, when I think about it, is how we think, how we train ourselves internally, but more importantly, the more I look around the world, there are so many influences that can corrupt our software the way we think, the way we behave, of how we uh, anticipate life to be. And we need somebody who I call antivirus protection. So we need coaches, we need mentors, we need uh, people who care about us to be that guide in helping us build a world-class software that allows us to maximize our potential, A, and B, I love your concept of expressway because there's never a simple pathway or one way to success. There are multiple ways to do it. And expressway is a great analogy, but I think thinking about who we are as a hardware and a software, I think sets you up to make sure that you can always be better, you can always reach for the next, you know, next level of success. But more importantly, how can you be the best you can be with what the good Lord gave you? So Chuck, with that, I'll turn the call over to you. And Again, with, with very quickly, are you getting your call? Uh, you're okay. Uh, and very quickly, I just wanted to get the, the thing you said. What we need as human beings is an antivirus. We need we need an antivirus, correct? 
That's right. To protect ourselves from just going off the, you know, off the rails here. Right. Or be corrupted, yeah. Right, I, I, exactly. And so, folks, he's given me enough, and he has to leave here in a second. I mean, he's given us the headway for so much to talk about as we get into this. And the reason that I've picked this topic was a letter sent out uh, on email, yeah, the old-fashioned email by uh, Coach Wayne Bryan, who I, I respect so very, very much. Has there been a better job done in the whole United States of parenting tennis players than Wayne Bryan? Um, Dick Leach did a fantastic job back when. Oh, Pat Harrison, you are doing a fantastic job. It was great to see that Ryan won his first-round match, a tough, tough match. But he, Ryan is on, on, on his way. But what these, these are our people who should be our nurturers and our mentors in how to do it and why we do not engage these people, I don't know. But that's a different topic. So anyhow, Wayne Bryan's letter came to me today through the email, and I said I've got to talk about expressways instead of pathways. Uh, he calls it getting off to Jump Street. You know, Jump Street comes from a lot of a lot of different angles. And I'm going to read the letter here when we don't have Sam with us anymore. But what a fantastic concept. And what I ask you every week on this program is to stand up, speak out, and have the courage, guys. And, and my, my friend has to go. He's got his phone call right now. But uh, I'm going to build on this. And so we were, we were here in my office, and he said, look, he said, oh, I was tell, talking to him about what was going on in the letter I got from Wayne Bryan, the email, and um, it's, it's a copy sent to me. And uh, I just go, oh, my gosh, why is it so obvious that people don't see? Well, most people only see the outside, the hardware. The hardware that you see, a person is this big, this strong, this smart. They are a good salesperson. They are this, they are that. They've accomplished this. And I always say this is like the cliches and the facts of, an, of, a, um, of a relationship, you know, just the outside, the surface level, the surface value. But then when we talk about the inner part, we, we're talking about the soul, the inside, the the driven part, the emotional or the spiritual emotional part of a person, but of what makes situations go, what makes them go and what makes them stop. With the USTA, I'm telling you guys, you've got all the structures that you need. You've got every structure you need, but you do not inspire anyone. You do not inspire. And I shouldn't say anyone. You've done a wonderful job with some, some but my gosh, the proof is in the pudding. But I thought Sam, then he said to me, he said, here's the analogy I've been using in my business. The outside you see is the, is the hardware, the software. Now, the software is being manipulated and diluted, polluted, prostituted. But sometimes the software is good as well. So what is, are the qualities that we need as human beings and as coaches, as teachers? We need discernment to see below the surface and to see what the truth is on the situation, to see what the truth is on this, and uh, to see what exactly, and, and as, as my, on my introduction to the program today, I put the proof is usually in the pudding. And, and look, guys, I am hoping for an American champion. I'm hoping that Tiafo breaks through. I am closely, guys, watch. Pat, watch Pat Harrison's son, Ryan Harrison, 
It's taken him a while, but the guy is ready to off come off the launching pad. I think he's going to break through. I really do. I have this belief in the, the goodness of that family, the depth of that family. But the bottom line, the proof is in the pudding. In USTA, I want, and everybody out there wants 10 American champions. And if you want to solve the problem in a hurry about what we need to do with American tennis, we need some role models. We need some good role models that are not arrogant, that give to other people, that are hardworking, the Jim Courier type of role models. The Agassiz second career, not the first part of the career where it was showboat stuff, but that second career where he was a true professional. We need a, gosh, Roger Federer, Rafael Nadal, these role models that we have right now from other countries, we need these in the USA. And I'm not saying, look, absolutely, Steven Johnson, awesome. Awesome. What a good role model. Did everything you're supposed to do. He won two NCAA championships. He came through and, and got better and got better and got better. But we need these role models, and we're all hoping for an American champion. The proof is in the pudding, and I will be leading the parade when we have an American champion again. And guess what? Excellence will breed participation. You won't have to worry about your numbers once you have that American champion. And Look, I, I hate to tell you this, but you cannot manipulate American, America kids to a championship. You cannot manipulate excellence. Excellence is excellence because as excellent as that's what it is. And it is a little bit of this, a little bit of that, but the recipe is not in a cookbook. It is in mama's or grandma's head where she worked on that recipe for years and years and years, and she knows a little dab of this, a little dab of that. She knows the right timing to do it, and it is not a pathway. I cannot stand the terminology that USTA is using right now. It is a pathway to excellence. No, it should be an expressway. It's a, it's a highway. So here's here's what got me going this morning, and I what what's what's making me do this program. So this is Wayne Bryan writing back to J.P. Weber, and they said, hey, J.P., we had a great chat yes, uh, the other day about tennis as usual. As always, we agree on some, don't agree on others. So, uh, But I'm so, so, so sorry about all of the impediments and hurdles and minefields that the USTA is setting up right in front of our young players. Now, look, look, if there is a better parenting job in the United States of America that has ever been done than what Wayne Bryan has done. If there is a better one, folks, show me, and we ought to be writing it up. This guy has gone all over the United States, and he shares his enthusiasm. His boys are honorable. They're noble. They're hardworking. They are the role models we need. And for whatever reason, just because we have had some number two people in number one positions, they do not like sharing the, the stage. But this guy and Pat Harrison, they should sure be, we should be following them. So, so many impediments and hurdles and minefields USTA is putting up. It's sad, it's silly, and it's stupid. Why we should be making it easier and much more fun and for kids to play tournaments from Jump Street. At no time should any entry be denied because youngsters have not yet jumped through the insane Alice in Wonderland hoops of all kinds of colored balls in events that those administrators in their 
megalomania minds think that are the salvation of mankind. Oh, my golly, is he saying it right. And probably because he is, and he's not, he's not running people down here. He's just saying it really the way it is, folks. I mean, he's saying it the way it is. Example one, to hear that you went from 30 12 and under players in your tournament the last three years to zero this year is proof in the pudding when we're talking about the ROG program. And by the way, last year at the South Carolina meeting, they they announced we had a total of 40, 40 kids. We ought to have 40 in every club, 40 in the whole state of South Carolina playing green dot ball tennis, 40. That should be enough. Proof's in the pudding. I got a similar letter recently from the prominent tennis family called the Whitlingers in Wisconsin. Everybody knows the Whitlingers and all they have given to so much in uh, college coaching and professional coaching and what a upstanding family. Said they took two of their young families members down to Florida to play in a tournament, and when they got there, they were denied entry because they had not played enough red, orange, and green purple polka-dotted ball tournaments. Huh? These kids would have won the tournament, but then they're denied entry. They didn't jump through the right hoops. You see what we're doing, folks? Do you see how in, in we could call it socialism, communism, dictatorships, dictatorism? I mean, folks, folks, it ought to be open to everybody, not a pathway. We need an expressway. Example three. We have two twin girls here who moved into the area of Southern Cal from Northern Cal. They were very talented and wanted to get in a tournament in Bakersfield last month. Same old story. You can't, you can't play because you haven't played enough softball, red, orange, green, polka dot, purple tournaments. He didn't say that. I put that at last polka dot purple in there on my own. That's, that's, that's me getting worked up over this. It's just, <laughs> it's just terrible. Here again, these girls would have been fine. They would have gone into finals, but they were both denied entry because of the stringent mandates and regulation that chill our parents and kids to the bone and keep them out of tennis. Right when we should be encouraging the kids to play tournaments and get after it, we are making it hard on them. <clears throat> Do it our way with softballs, USTA so says, for a certain amount of years, precise number of tournaments, and the pathway that you want, or you're not good enough to do this. Huh? Huh? I was hopeful that my pal and very wise experienced, and he names the leader now of player development. I'm not going to put it out there. And also the lady who's the prez right now will take a hard look at these kind of ludicrous requirements. Example four, I had a blast doing my huge rock and he brings music and he gets the kids fired up. It's pretty cool to see all the young players from all over the U S uh, at the little Mo at the little Mo Newport at the Newport beach and tennis club on Friday. The great thing about little Mo besides their fun bells and whistles is the fact that they allow all of our young players use regulation yellow balls. Gee, what a novel idea to allow kids to play with regulation balls. And the level of play was astonishing. 
and they have lots of doubles as well, and also think it's so important for the growth with these Little Mo events. And Little Mo has it right, and God bless uh, Carol Wayman, and God bless Cindy for all the work they've done with Little Mo, and do not get caught up in that bureaucracy that will smother in individual entrepreneurship and it will smother people from going out there. While the USTA has curtailed doubles over recent year, Little Mo sees it as an important role that doubles is playing, round out the skills and teaching of life lessons. They help. And, and who else is? And, and this got started, J.P. Weber really getting, uh, I saw he had 180 responses to his email about the USTA running a tournament in Michigan. He called it a fake nationals. His son went up and played. And at that fake nationals, they played, are you ready for this, folks? Six-game, no-ad sets. Oh, they're following the college, the all-wise, the all-knowing college system, the ITA, the intellectual, what should I say, the intellectual tennis, uh, I could call it A-something, astronomically wrong. How about that? With what they do, the, the ITA and how they bash through this abbreviated scoring is, folks, it was wrong. It was not a truthful thing that they did. They force-fed it to everything, just like the USTA with the red, orange, green. <clears throat> they didn't go to their best people in the United States. Listen, the USTA would rather follow Europe and socialist Europe than to follow the leaders in the United States of America. Well, why not go to a Wayne Bryant? Come on. Why not go to a Pat Harrison? Are you kidding me? Why not go to a Jack Sharp? Why not go to a Jerry Basket? Why not go to these great coaches that we have out there? You know, Robert Lansdorp. I mean, what in the world? And we're wondering why we don't have champions? I'm hoping a lot for Francis Tiafo to break through, folks, <laughs> because I uh, I saw the mastery skills of Vesa Ponta uh, at the College Park, uh, you know, where, where they teach. Vesa and the Frank Salazar. Frank Salazar, one of the best coaches out there. And Ashley Hobson. These, these coaches are out there, and they know how to do it. They've done it. They've got a track record. And, and it, it, is, it is beyond belief that we don't use our best of the best of the best. Little Mo always allows people to play divisions with green dot balls if they want. Again, that's a novel idea. Okay, yeah, that's okay. There should be an expressway, folks, not just a pathway. Wayne ends by saying, I'd love to know the money that we've spent on this very harmful. Harmful, you under-10 initiative and mandates. Has it grown the game? No. <laughs> it's, it's burying the game, folks. I'm sure that we spent millions of dollars, and they've told us that they have to build new courts. Hey, if you've had them come out and put lines on your courts and spend millions of dollars in putting the little small lines on the courts, are they being used? Are they really being used. I'd like to know. Email me. <clears throat> Go to my website, get my email. Shoot me an email, folks. It's uh Chuck Creasy at Gmail. Shoot me and shoot me an email. But 
that would be good if they had, had built the courts and they're handling all the millions of kids that are flocking to our sports. Right, again, the emperor has no clothes. <laughs> we are definitely headed in the wrong direction. Thank you, Wayne Bryant, for all that you do for American tennis. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. There are so, so many powerful and inspiration and motivational. This is the way he finished. There are so, so many powerful, inspirational, motivational ways to get young players into the game. One of the most obviously obvious is not restricting entry into the 10s and the 12s. Again, we need an expressway. We need an expressway. We don't, in a highway, in everything in between, this pathway stuff, that, that, it, 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 that, that thought concept has to be changed. We need to open it up again. We need to go back to some old-time fundamentals. And with that, i got to catch my breath. We're going to commercial. We'll be right back. This is Coach Chuck Creasy. Coach J.P. Weber of the We Coach Tennis Radio Show. In my 30 years experience in coaching tennis, I've never seen a better tennis training situation for children than Coach Creasy's total tennis training camps. Chuck Creasy has coached them and trained them in every arena from juniors to collegiate to professional tennis, and over 15,000 children have improved their games at his summer tennis camps. Find out more at ChuckCreasy.net. That's ChuckCreasy.net. It's Coach Chuck Creasy, and folks, I can come to your club or I can come to your schools or I can come out and do counseling and consulting in my free times, and I'm glad to do it. Look on my website at chuckcreasy, K-R-I-E-S-E, dot net, and we'll get you lined up if we can. Take care, and remember, get hit those tennis courts and help that youngster in front of you. Srivastava's analogy was right on the money. The hardware is set with the potential, the God-given ability of our athletes and what they have. But the software needs to be right. 
the software needs to be right. And whenever you have software open to the public and to people who maybe uh, aren't the right people in, in, a, in a greater way or a lesser way, or they maybe are the right people, we have to have discernment and, and have an antivirus to uh, sort of look in the right direction. And I'm telling you, those antiviruses, boy, what a great antivirus uh, Wayne Bryan would be, Pat Harrison, these people who've actually done it. We need to be going to people who've actually done it and, and who have been excellent. But I want to go quickly here. Uh, we've got a short program today to make an expressway, not a pathway. And, again, I think we've talked about that and what we should do. But we need to open it up, folks. We had a great program of U.S. excellence in tennis before 1987 when we went to this player development situation. I'm very aware of what was going on in the 1980s. I had a lot to do with uh, USTA and playing, uh, training players. I was United States uh, Junior Davis Cup coach. I think in the early 80s we had a very, very good system that we passed on to two or three generations of kids. And through the 80s I think we, we had a lot of fruit from uh, the labor that we did and the structure of building players uh, without well, – all that the USTA did is they provided a couple teams, a college team and a junior team, uh, during the summertime. And if you, you had to go to a tryout camp, I had 36 kids. We went to Stanford back in 80, 81 in there, and then we went to another place down in San Diego. I think it was Vic Braden's back in 82 or so. But we trained the kids, and um, uh, what we did – at that point, we uh, selected a team out of 36 kids. They had to play off 36, and we got down to about 10. And then we traveled with the kids. And the resources were given by the USTA for the travel. It was a great honor to be on the team. And, and I'm proud to say we went the whole summer and only lost one match to someone who wasn't on our team. We won every one of the tournaments. And uh, most about half the players turned out to be very, very good pros. So I'm very familiar what need need was being done and uh, what needs to be done. And what happened, you have to understand that uh, we, oh gosh, everybody thought we were losing ground to Sweden and then, of course, Germany after that, West Germany when uh, Becker came along and everything. And I think people started studying the systems and said, wow, we better keep up with the Joneses. Instead of keeping the path that we had, which was a successful Path for years and years, we felt we had to change the system, and they 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 wanted to emulate, and there was a little pressure to set up a player development uh, through the structure. Now, once you centralized the player development, that brought in a lot of implications. Again, it was a top-down management system instead of a bottom-up management system, and when that happened, what happened? You took ownership away from the individuals and the creativity of each club around the country or each training center around the country that did it in a unique way. I've often told you, my golly, even the McKinley brothers were trained over in St. Louis, and Bill, what was his last name? It always skips, um, forget his last name, Bill, one Bill Wright, that's Bill Wright, was a great one. Uh, Bill, anyhow, he taught kids, ping pong for a whole year. Bob McKinley's often told me that 
the uh, they had to even play tournaments and everything. He taught ping pong for a whole year, and guess what? He had a Wimbledon champion and a couple top players in the world, and the McKinley's uh, have influenced tennis in America for years and years and years. And then you had a people out in Texas doing it a different way. California was doing it a different way. But you had an expressway instead of this pathway. Then the all-knowing USTA came in, and it didn't matter if they had great people or average people or bad people uh, that had good methods, bad methods, or in-between methods. The point is, is once you make it a top-down structure, look, every coach knows that you do not treat every you, – you handle everybody, treat everybody the same, handle everybody differently. And everybody has a different game style. Everybody grows in a different way. The reason we are not producing champions is because we have now a pathway. We've searched for the perfect pathway, and it does not fit into the psyche and the DNA and the, and the competitive DNA and the athletic DNA of a lot of, a lot of our youngsters. So do we need to dump the, play, the player development? Not, I'm not saying to dump, dump you guys. Good men, good people, good women. But the point being is that you, you all have to understand that it's the freedom of our country that gives us the strength. And I'm speaking on July 5th, the day after, the, after, after uh, our Independence Day, you know, after the 4th of July. But it's the independence, and it is the entrepreneurism that makes this country great. As you guys can be guides, and you can help with incentives, incentivize us. Do not try to act like all-knowing, all-wise Oz, you know, the Wizard of Oz that knows everything. Don't do that. Don't do that. You can set up the structure, but you guys, you guys, it it doesn't matter. If you make a champion out of one out of ten, that would be good numbers. But you know what? You can make championship individuals out of ten out of ten if you let people have the entrepreneurship. Just cut us loose. Let us go after the fresh prizes, the fresh meat on the table. Everybody's hungry for champions. And champions will inspire participation. But just getting people into the game and saying participation is going to make champions, you're wrong. All the participation does is makes a lot of mediocrity. So do we need to dump the player development? It was set up in 1987 and was, I think it was a knee jerk reacting to Sweden and Argentina and Germany and some of the countries, Russia, what they were coming up with, Eastern Bloc countries right after the wall was taken down. We had a lot of great athletes going into tennis then instead of having to play for the Soviet Union. And I think that probably that, there's a lot of knee jerk going going on, but we've got to open it up, folks. You've got to dump the mandates, dump the mandates. Leaders lead; they do not impose mandates. The key to power is empowering people who are under you. The key to power is giving up power, like George Washington did after he won the Revolutionary War. As commander, he gave up the power. Then he had real power. The greatest man that ever lived, I think it was one of the king, the kings of England said, he to have all this power than to give it up. And then, folks, you, you've got to understand the key to power is getting people to follow you by choice, not because, look, 
being persuaded to is, is another way, but the coercive leadership that you demand in the USTA is absolutely just wrong. It's, it's just, it's that simple. Number three, you've got to dump the point system. You've, been, you've made up a lot of robotical, uh, <laughs> you might be following that pathway. That point system does not motivate. It does not inspire. It does not inspire people. Uh, let's add last week, uh, I, I brought up the fair play line call system. Look, it's gone too far with the referees. Everybody knows that the more policemen you have on every corner, the less you put it on the moral compass of people, our youngsters especially, to do the right thing. You're telling everybody that our youngsters are bad starting out with and they need a policeman to, to smack their hands and to punish them when they get out of line. Let's try the fair play line call system. Well, let's go back to the code first. The code is the most important thing, and we should be honoring it, and we need to be Look, they do it in golf. They teach honoring the game first, and then the game will honor you. We need to teach our youngsters to honor the game, and it will honor a fair play line call system. will work if the code is not followed. First, follow the code. Number two, fair play line call system. And the more you think about this, I'm telling you it's going to sound like, whoa, we can't do that. Are you kidding me? But what you do is you allow the player who makes the shot, he has the authority or she has the authority to overturn the line calls by the person who usually makes the call on the other side. This procedure is only used after the code breaks down. If there's a disagreement, you go to the fair play line call system. Now, in giving up power to one player, giving to the other, the other has to give power back. And again, folks, it's, it's one of the most beautiful laws of nature that when you give up power, you get power. And you are right now laughing and saying, are you kidding? That would never work in our world of junior tennis. You know what it does? We've got a trial run. We did 2,000 matches. We had one problem all summer. Number two on the fair play line call system, if sportsmanship does break down between the two opponents, what you do is the, if the number one situation of the person who makes the shot, making the call, breaks down, you give the power to the server, or you can give it to the returner. <laughs> you know, you give the power up, you give the power up to the server is really better because they're serving, and uh, I, I believe that 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 would be that that works the best. Number three, if the sportsmanship breaks down further, you go to one of their peers. You keep the kids around one day after the tournament is over or one match. One match after their match is over. Those kids who lose, they should go out and they should, if they have to, they're used to stand at the net, and then they have peer, peer intervention on the final judgment of calls if, if people cannot agree. Look, the success, the fair play line call system, it's really interesting because it gives power to each of the competitor by the submission of power to each other. And, and the beauty of the system enforces the power of trust and real sportsmanship back into our game. Would you all like that? I might get my kids into tournament. Look, we took them out yesterday. We played tennis with our kids. We had the time of our life on 4th of July, my wife and I, with our kids. It was so much fun. But do I want to play in tournaments? I, I don't know. I don't think so. We have referees and we have a police state right now and a bunch of nerdy little kids 
who run around and they're all trying trying to get away with stuff instead of people really loving the game that you're playing and, and, and understanding. But, look, most of the time line calls are caused only, bad line calls are by the simple law of invested pressure and doing the wrong thing because of the law of invested pressure. When you give so much a 20 or 30 ball rally, it ends in a close miss. The player almost will always question a call because they didn't like missing it. It's called the law of invested pressure. But we do not make an honorable state by rules. This statement I'd like for everybody to think about if you can. Rules and regulations never keep a dishonest person from breaking rules and regulations. It will only stimulate the level of deviance in a bad person to find out how to break that rule or regulation. But the sad, sad thing is it puts chains and handcuffs on good people to where they only get to operate within a very, very narrow parameter. And then you're dead in the water, folks, as far as looking for entrepreneurism and uh, trying to make an expressway into excellence. The expressway to excellence means freedom, 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 and not mandates. And you guys, you look, a bad, a, a, an unjust law is no law at all. And I think that uh, was St. Augustine, St. Boniface, one of, one, of, one of the saints said that. But it, an unjust law is no law at all. And, folks, the mandates don't work. And you know what? I, I don't even care if you get three or four or five champions uh, and you claim them. That's, that's the sad thing that USTA does. Instead of giving... Giving credit back to that local coach, you know, the Frank Salazar as far as the Kudla or the TFO or the, you know, all the players he are back to even, you know, uh, uh, just just so many players are to, uh, you know, uh, Jerry Baskin or giving the credit to a Jack Sharp or giving the credit to Wayne. How much should they be covering Wayne Bryan and just saying how – do you make champions with your children? Boy, that, that, wouldn't we all just like these even got a book out? USTA, you need to get out and get up. Just stop trying trying to uh, – I don't know what the heck you're doing not using Pat Harrison or Wayne Bryan. But I, I've had my say. I'm very thankful today to uh, Sam Srivastava, who is uh, one of the more remarkable minds in, in a young person, middle-aged person now that I've ever seen. But as a young person, I can tell you he was the true Pied Piper in getting people to play tennis. And he wasn't even from this country. He came from India. And uh, what a fantastic man, a fantastic mind. Folks, we all have to do our part. We all have to do our part. Jump in and help the person in front of you. Keep your energy up. Don't get down in the dumps. Yeah, we're looking for leaders that inspire. You leaders, remember, number one, people hire number ones. Number two, hire threes and fours. We need to hire number one people and get them around our best. See you next week. This is Coach Chuck Creasy. Tattooed on his lips, song. Spend a little more in the store for a tag.
reminding you that we are all in the process of winning or losing every day of our life and has very little to do with a win or loss. God bless you. Happy 4th of July, and we will see you next week on American Tennis. Opinions stated by various contributors to the UR Tennis Network and its programming are not to be considered as endorsed by the UR Tennis Network. Participants are encouraged to use their own discernments and draw their own conclusions. All information, products, and services offered by the UR Tennis Network are for personal use only. The UR Tennis Network does not confirm nor deny the validity or accuracy of information contained within the network. Any products or services provided for should be used solely for entertainment purposes. We emphasize the idea of keeping an open mind and not construing the products, services, or data as factual.